Amen. Thank you, Brother Dave. Thank you, Brother Dave. If you have your Bibles tonight, Exodus chapter number 6 is where we are. Good to see all of you tonight. May the Lord bless you for being here. Those of you who are joining us uh, online, we're glad that you're with us. We miss you. We pray for you to be back with us soon when you feel ready. And uh, those of you who are recovering and who've been sick, we pray that you'll be strong soon and be back with us. So Exodus chapter number five, last week, just a reminder, we find that uh, Moses has gone and he has delivered the message to Pharaoh. Exodus chapter five, one, thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, let my people go that they may celebrate a feast to me in the wilderness. We know that Pharaoh said no, he would not let the people go. We know that in chapter 5, because of, Pharaoh's, uh, because of Moses' message to Pharaoh, he made it hard for the children of Israel, and they struggled. And we know that as um, they were under these, this pressure, not having any straw for their hay, then they come to, uh, not having any straw for their bricks, they come to uh, Moses and say to him in verse 15, why, uh, why have you done this to us? What have you done to us? And uh, then Moses goes back to God. And this is where I want us to actually pick up because Moses now returns to the Lord what seems to be a failed mission. He's gone. He's done what God's called him to do. He's delivered the message to Pharaoh. Pharaoh has hardened his heart and made it harder on Israel. So now Moses says to the Lord, verse 22, 522, then Moses returned to the Lord and said, O Lord, why have you brought harm to this people? Why did you ever send me? Ever since I came to Pharaoh to speak in your name, he has done harm to this people. And you have not delivered your people at all. Heavenly Father, bless the reading of your word. May the Holy Spirit be our teacher tonight. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. How will God answer the complaint of Moses? How will God answer when we come to Him with our own uh, struggles and pain about what seems to be a failing ministry? When it seems that all of our work is in vain, when it seems that we toil along and things never change, in fact, things seem to be worse today, don't they? seem to be worse. The world seems worse than it's ever been. We labor in the gospel. We teach the word of God. We do everything we can. And it seems, it seems to our perspective, depending on who you get your news from, the word of God or from the world, that everything is gone and the gospel has no value. Lord, why have you brought harm to this people? Why do you allow the church to suffer, Lord? Why, why, why are God's people always under pressure in the world, every generation? Lord, why did you ever send us? Why do you send us? What's the use in going? No one's listening. You tell us to go, make disciples, Lord Jesus. What's the use? Why should we do it? 
They just harden their hearts. They don't respond. Ever since I came to speak to Pharaoh in your name, you have done harm to your people. And you have not delivered them. Well, that sounds like the condition of the church today. Sounds like the way a lot of Christians speak today. Complaining about why things seem to be so bad. How will God respond to the complaints of his preacher? How will he respond? You know, Moses is the first of several complaining preachers in the Old Testament. You know that, don't you? Here he is. He's been sent to preach to Pharaoh. He preaches his sermon expecting something different than happened. Expecting things in the way he thought it would be. Some of you teach the Word of God in here. And so we sometimes have in our minds the way we think it's going to be. And we forget. We forget that we are commissioned to go and it's not our business. It's not our business to worry about the results. It's our business to do what we've been called to do. To make disciples and to share the gospel. So how will God respond? Well... We pick up in chapter 6. Then the Lord said to Moses, Now you shall see, Moses, what I will do to Pharaoh. For under compulsion he will let them go. And under compulsion he will drive them out of his land. God spoke further to Moses and said to him, These words will become very important, and I'll build my comments around them tonight. We see this in three places. In, uh, we see these very words from God to Moses in three places in, ver in chapter 6. I am the Lord. I am Yahweh. And I appeared to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob as El Shaddai is the Hebrew word. God Almighty as El Shaddai. But, my, but by my name, Yahweh, I did not make myself known to them. I also established my covenant with them to give them the land of Canaan, the land in which they sojourned. Furthermore, I have heard the groaning of the sons of Israel because the Egyptians are holding them in bondage, and I have remembered my covenant. Say therefore to the sons of Israel, second time now, I am the Lord. And I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians, and I will deliver you from their bondage, and I will also redeem you with an outstretched arm and with great judgments. Then I will take you for my people, and I will be your God, and you shall know that I am the Lord, Yahweh your God who brought you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. I will bring you to the land which I swore to give to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and I will give it to you for a possession. Third time now, notice, I am the Lord. So Moses spoke this to the sons of Israel, but they did not listen to Moses on account of their despondency and cruel bondage. 
Now the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Go tell Pharaoh, king of Egypt, to let the sons of Israel go out of his land. But Moses spoke before the Lord, saying, Behold, the sons of Israel have not listened to me. How then will Pharaoh listen to me? For I am, an uns I am unskilled in speech. I stutter is really the implication in, as you read it in the original. I stutter. Then the Lord spoke to Moses and to Aaron and gave them a charge, a commission to the sons of Israel and to Pharaoh, king of Egypt, to bring the sons of Israel out of the land of Egypt. Then there is a record from verse 14 all the way through 25 of the lineage, the heritage, the genealogy of Aaron and Moses, these brothers. Aaron is the older, Moses is the younger. I pick up again verse 26. It was the same Aaron and Moses to whom the Lord said, Bring out the sons of Israel from the land of Egypt according to their hosts. They were the ones who spoke to Pharaoh, king of Egypt, about bringing out the sons of Israel from Egypt. It was the same Moses and Aaron. Now we come to finally the last time we read these words from God. Now it came about on that day, please notice these words. Now when the Lord spoke to Moses in the land of Egypt. That the Lord spoke to Moses saying, I am the Lord. Speak to Pharaoh, king of Egypt, all that I speak to you. But Moses said, to the Lord, before the Lord. Behold, I stutter. How then will Pharaoh listen to me? What calms our fears, what strengthens us in our weakness, what settles our minds, is when we hear God say, I am the Lord. That's what you need to hear tonight. I am the Lord. That's what's most important tonight. All the commotion of life and all the chaos and all the opinions and all the silliness and the foolishness and the perversity and godlessness of man. What you need to hear, what you need to hear, I am the Lord. Four times, I am the Lord, verse 2. I am the Lord, verse 6. I am the Lord, verse 8. I am the Lord, verse 28. The focal truth tonight is this, that Moses experiences the assurance of God in his work. Well, it's been a long time since God spoke to the children of Israel the patriarchs were gone. Joseph was there. Israel ended up in Egypt. And then when Joseph died and another Pharaoh came, this is the way life is. The new Pharaoh didn't know Joseph. We learned that in chapter 1 of Exodus. It's like what happens in your life and mine. Seasons come and go. You're the most well-known at your job, and then soon you become the least known the longer you are there. We don't like that, do we? We want to be prominent. We want to have our place. We want to have attention. 
But here we learn that Moses is, is being taught by God through the circumstances of doing ministry that it's not about him. Ministry's not for Moses. Ministry is for the glory of God. Ministry in this church is not about any of us who do it. It's about the glory of God. If He chooses to use you to do His ministry, remember this, you do it for the glory of God. I think that we live in a time where God's people need assurance. It seems we've lost our way, many of us. It seems there's great fear. I don't know what of, but it seems to be all around us. It seems to permeate our people in our church. It's not just the old, it's the young. It's the ones in the middle age. What a strange time. What a time for us to know, I am the Lord. I am the Lord. That was God's answer to a troubled man, Moses, who thought ministry was going to go one way and it went another way. And that may be where you are tonight in your life. You thought it was going to go this way, but it's gone this way. Things have changed, haven't they? Life maybe hadn't turned out the way you thought it would. You carry disappointments in your life. It doesn't seem like you can get over them. You have deep sadness and worries and troubles. And here we find God speaking, and this is so beautiful. This is the whole reason why I want you to see the book of Exodus. I've mentioned this to you. It's, it's hundreds of times, and some of my detail people in this room who are very thorough would want me to know the exact count. But over and over and over in the book of Exodus, God spoke to Moses. God said to Moses. That's why we call this study Moses, a man who heard from God. Well, we haven't heard the audible voice of God, but we have the Word of God. The sure, true record of God's Word. And tonight I want us to really focus on just three very important principles here. They're in your outline. Number one, God assures Moses that He is the promise-keeping God. The first time He says, I am the Lord, He's assuring Moses that He is Yahweh, which implies promise-keeping God. Secondly, God assures Moses that He is Yahweh, faithful God. And then the third uh, time that he speaks to him over there in 28, uh, I would say the fourth time, the, first, the, second, the second and the third have to do with him being faithful God. The fourth time is when God assures Moses that he is the ever-present God. He is Yahweh. I am that I am. He is the God of the present tense. God's always up to date. He's never old-fashioned. He's always up to date. He is, I am. He's not I was. He's not I will be. But He's I am. He is the God of the I am of the past, the I am of the present, the I am of the future. He is 
He is our glorious God. I wonder tonight how much you gain encouragement by just knowing God and walking with Him and having fellowship with Him. That's what I want you to think about tonight. Well, Moses' challenge goes on. You wonder when you pick this up, is, is God going to rebuke him? Uh, he's asking all these questions. He seems to be so in despair. We know the rest of the story of Moses. He's going to have some much rougher days than this to come. He's going to come back time and time again and ask God why. So are you. Don't think that your faith is so strong you'll never ask God why. You'll always ask God why. That's why He's our God. You ask why. Why? And God answers. Here's His first answer. I am the Lord. Let's think about this for a minute. Yahweh is the, I've given it to you in the outline, just to expand on His name. We first hear the Lord identify Himself to Moses. You remember in the burning bush in chapter 2, verse 14, God says to Moses, I am who I am. And He said, Thus you shall say to the sons of Israel, I am has sent me to you. Yahweh has sent me to you. So God uh, encourages him by the very nature of his name. He is self-existent. God exists within himself. He, is, he does not need or depend on anything in the created world. He is self-existent. God is eternally unchanging. He's not one way in the past and another way in the future. You see, this is one of those great heresies of the early church that that somehow God had changed from the Old Testament God to the New Testament God. No, there's no change in God. God has revealed Himself and began revelation in the beginning through the Old Testament. And finally, all revelation about who God is, is summed up in the Lord Jesus Christ. He is self-existent and He is eternally unchanging. God will be the same for your great-grandkids as He is for you. Are you glad about that? I said, are you glad about that? God is unchanging just as He was for our fathers and mothers and our great uh, fathers and mothers of the past in the faith because He never changes. He is eternally unchanging and He is a covenant-making and keeping God. And He is eternally faithful. He is always faithful. So when we think about this statement of the Lord, He says to Moses, He assures him, first of all, what is going to happen again? God is, Pharaoh is going to be compulsed. He is going to be directed, led, he's, he's, going to, he's going to drive Israel out. This is the future. He's telling him the future before it happens. And then in verse 2, God spoke further to Moses and said to him, I am the Lord. And then he begins to talk about who he is. I want us to see this matter of God as the covenant keeping God. He revealed himself. Yes, he used the name Yahweh when he spoke to 
the patriarchs, but he was primarily speaking to them as El Shaddai, as the great and mighty God. Now he is focused on his covenant promise that is about to be fulfilled in its first step with Moses taking Israel out of Egypt on their way to the promised land. We know because of the unfaithfulness of the children of Israel that they wander for 40 years, but it was not, this was, you remember, the, the leading, taking them out, they were to go and there they go and we'll see later the spies come back and then they give the report and there's unbelief and all the tragedy of the wilderness and Israel and the hardening of their heart. And yet finally one day Joshua takes the next generation into the land of promise. Our Lord Jesus was born in the land of promise. And many of God's promises were fulfilled. When God makes promises, He keeps them. This is true of the past, and I've said to you before, it's true of the future because there are many promises yet to come. I submit to you that this is perhaps the reason why the church is so sad today and seems to be so powerless. We don't think there are any more promises. We kind of think, well, this is it. How sad it is to be a Christian without any hope in the promises of God for the future. Not just his past. So what did the Lord say in Genesis 12, 7? The Lord appeared to Abraham and said to your descendants, I will give this land. 15, 18, on that day the Lord made a covenant, an agreement with Abraham saying to your descendants, I have given this land. 17, 4, as for me, Behold, my covenant is with you, and you shall be the father of a multitude of nations. Genesis 26, 3 and 4, to Isaac. Sojourn in this land, and I will be with you and bless you. For to you and your descendants I will give all these lands, and I will establish the oath which I swore to your father Abraham. I will multiply your descendants as the stars of heaven, and I will give your descendants as all these lands. And by your descendants all the nations of the earth shall be blessed." And all the nations of the earth were blessed when the Lord Jesus Christ was born there in that stable, nasty trough in Bethlehem. And then God promised Jacob, remember the, the ladder. Remember he's sleeping on the, his head on the pillow. The rock was his pillow. Behold, the Lord stood above the ladder and said... To Jacob, I am the Lord, the God of your father Abraham and the God of Isaac. The land on which you lie, I will give it to you and to your descendants. And there are promises for now, yet to come, for what God will give again to Israel. Uh, to finish these promises, even regarding the territory of the Holy Land. You see, God is a God who makes promises and He keeps them. That's why we can say tonight with assurance, I'm going to be all right because God keeps His promises. Are you hearing me? I'm going to be all right because God keeps His promises. Maybe you could go tell somebody that who seems to be in such terror in such trouble, living in fits and fainting. 
you're going to be all right because God keeps his promises. Well, God assures Moses that he is a faithful God. He goes on, and this is the beauty of this. He says, furthermore, uh, furthermore, I have heard the groaning of the sons of Israel. God hears, he sees, he's aware. The Lord Jesus, I said this to you last week, I say it to you again tonight. Look, he is, uh, the Lord Jesus, as the book of Hebrews teaches us, he is well acquainted. He is touched with the feelings of your pain. We do not serve a God who does not feel our pain. He sees what you're going through. He understands your circumstances. He hears the cries of His people. What is that under the altar? The book of Revelation says, is it not the prayers of the saints, those, those tribulation saints crying out to God for the time to be over? God hears and God sees our groaning because of the Egyptians holding them in bondage. And I have remembered my covenant. God's a promise-keeping God, but He's faithful. He remembers what He promises. He's faithful. So, here's what He says. I will. Look at this over and over again. Number one, I will bring you out. This is the message for Israel. This is the message. This is the message of a faithful God. Salvation. I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians and I will deliver you, number two, from their bondage. Number three, I will redeem you with an outstretched arm with great judgments. Then next, I will take you for my people. Next, I will be your God and you shall know that I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of uh, under the burdens of, you'll know that I'm God. You'll know me as God. And you'll be in fellowship with me. I'll bring you to the land which I swore to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and I will give it to you for a possession. I am the Lord. Verse 7, I will take you out and be your people. You will be my people. I'll be your God. This, this beautiful picture of the relationship that God has with Israel, the nation of Israel. And then he he begins the section, verse 6, with I am the Lord, and he ends his promises, his assurance to Moses of his faithfulness with I am the Lord. What is it that you and I need? What is the only guarantee that we need? I am the Lord. I am the Lord. That's my guarantee. God commands Moses to speak to Israel and Pharaoh in his name. So then now there's a command given to him. Verse 9, so Moses spoke to the sons of Israel. Please notice verse 9. When we do ministry for the Lord, sometimes we don't understand why people don't respond. Why doesn't everybody get saved? Why don't, why don't uh, Christians get things right in their lives and move on for God? Well, here's an insight for us. So Moses spoke thus to the sons of Israel, but they did not listen to Moses. Why? They were despondent and they were in bondage. Perhaps that's the reason why many do not hear the word of God. They're living in bondage. The saddest thing is for a Christian to go back and live in carnality and go back to the old chains that Jesus Christ has set them free from. Bondage and despondency. 
In the days ahead, we're finishing as for me and my house and just my advertisement. So I'll begin uh, here, Lord willing, uh, in two weeks to talk to the church about hope in God. I'm going to spend a considerable amount of time talking about the doctrine of hopefulness. It seems like there's a lot of hopelessness. And it finds its way into the church. That's completely contrary to being saved. Salvation is all about being a hopeful person. Filled with hope. Not hopeless. Not pitiful. So God in His... Uh, hope you'll stay tuned. Hope you'll come. So He speaks to him and says, Now go do your duty. Go do your job, Moses. Go speak to them. But they didn't hear so he comes back. Now the Lord spoke to Moses and says, go tell Pharaoh. But Moses comes back now before the Lord, 12, and says, behold, the sons of Israel have not listened to me. How do you think Pharaoh is going to listen to me? Oh, how patient God is with his servants as he gives us our assignments and lets us <laughs> express our frustrations about why things don't go the way we think they ought to go. Well, nobody's listening to me. Nobody's interested, Moses says. And on top of that, I can't talk. You've sent the wrong guy. You know, this has been going on since the burning bush, hasn't it? Everybody in this room, I know you all very well. You know the story. He was already talking about he couldn't talk. But he did go, and he had Aaron. And Aaron did some talking, and he did some talking, and they got the job done. But now he's talking about it again. He says it here. He's going to end the chapter with the same complaint to God. I'm unskilled in speech, and how then will Pharaoh listen to me? You see, this is when he finally says to him, I am always with you. I'm the ever-present God. There is a section here from 14 through uh, 25, which is the, the uh, heritage of uh, Moses and Aaron. I believe it's given for several reasons in the book of Exodus. Moses gives this uh, record so that it might identify he, Moses, and Aaron, his brother, as the ones who were the descendants of these, uh, these who were God's people before him. How blessed we are to be a part of those who are God's people who have gone before us. How blessed we are to be a part of the children of God uh, who have been the body of Christ for many years. You know, the, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ has been moving along now for well over 2,000 years. Can you believe that? It's a long time. So here we see this identification of Moses and Aaron with the tribes, with the hosts that they're about to deliver. They have a part in this. It is their fathers. It is their family. And so now we come to this final part about God's ever-presence with him. 28. And now it came about on the day when the Lord spoke to Moses. Notice in the land of Egypt. Let me, let me just take this for a moment and uh, talk about this. First God spoke to Moses in the wilderness at the bush. Now God speaks to him in Egypt. God spoke to him in the hard place. God spoke to him in Egypt. Moses can call on God in the hard place in Egypt. We can call on God wherever we are. We can speak to the Lord in Egypt. We can speak to the Lord in the wilderness. We can speak to the Lord in the temple. 
We can speak to the Lord in private. We can speak to the Lord in the midst of the hardest days of our life and all the chaos because he is ever present. He is, I am the Lord. So he comes and he speaks to Moses in Egypt. And what's the first thing he says to him in Egypt? I am the Lord. I believe God is trying to make a point with Moses. Whatever you do for me, remember this. Remember this. I keep my promises. I'm always faithful. And I am always with you. This is what he says. And then he again gives him his assignment. I am the Lord, speak to Pharaoh, king of Egypt, all that I speak to you. Notice this, tell Pharaoh everything I'm telling you. This is the same task that the preacher has and the teacher has. We must teach the whole truth of God's word. We can't leave any parts out because they're not popular or in our day. Some people don't like to hear some of those things. All the words of God in this book of God matter and they must be taught to God's people. So he says, speak to Pharaoh, king of Egypt, all that I speak to you. And so Moses ends by saying, they won't listen to me because I'm not, I don't have the ability. I don't have the ability, they won't listen to me. So what do we need to remember tonight as we finish up? Well, I wanted to remind you of the most glorious truth for us. The Lord Jesus Christ is the great I Am. And I'm giving you these verses from John, and we'll just look through them for a moment, because I hope they'll be an encouragement to you. Our Lord and Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ said, Truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was born, I am. He declares that He is God in flesh. He declares Himself, I am. The I am, the Lord, is the I am, Lord Jesus. And we celebrate that tonight because we have chosen to follow Him, repent of our sins, and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord Jesus said, I am the bread of life. The Lord Jesus said, I am the light of the world, and he who follows me will not walk in the darkness, but will have the light of life, bread of life, light of the world. The Lord Jesus said, truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. Those of us who follow Jesus Christ, his sheep, we have the door, we're the way. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep and I am the resurrection and the life. And he who believes in me will live even if he dies. I am the way and the truth and the life, and no one comes to the Father but through me. I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. There is unity, perfect, complete unity. And Father, Son, and I am the true vine. Tonight we glorify the Lord Jesus Christ, who is our Lord and Savior, because He is the great I Am. And assurance comes through a relationship with Jesus Christ. I walk with Him every day. You walk with Him. We talk with Him. We worship and glorify Him. We honor Him. We seek to follow Him. We take His words as the words of life. We eat on them. We feed on them. You see, it is for us much better than it was even for Moses. We have the Lord Jesus Christ who came and lived among us, God in flesh, 
died for sin, rose from the dead, ascended to heaven, and now enthroned in heaven is our Lord and Savior, our great high priest king. And you can go to Him. And He sees and feels your feelings and your limitations and He understands your struggles. Assurance with God leads to obedience to God. This is what Moses was... This is what God was trying to say to Moses. It is the most important lesson for us, my dear friends. That because I know the Lord Jesus Christ, the great I am, when I know the Lord Jesus Christ and I have followed Him, He assures me that He will be with me, so I go do what He calls me to do. I go do the work. So I end tonight with uh, those words we all know from the Great Commission. Matthew 28, it's not on your outline, but this group in this room knows it. Most of you listening to me tonight know this. Jesus gave us our commission, didn't he? Go and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them whatsoever I've commanded you. And what did he say? I am with you always even to the end of the age. Now we're 2,000 years plus away from the days when the Lord Jesus spoke these words and He is still here with us. He has not forsaken us. He has a purpose and plan for His church in these last days. And He is calling us to be faithful to do what He's called us to do. I, I ask all of you this every week. What is God calling you to do in gospel work until Jesus comes or until your dying day? What are you doing? When you read the report about our church and what we do, are you a part of what's being done or are you a sideliner? A sitter? an observer. It requires all of God's people to do God's work. And that's why you're here, regardless of your age. May the Lord give us wisdom. How I thank God tonight. The Lord Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior, and He is a promise-keeping God, a faithful God, and He is always with us. Heavenly Father, we thank You for the Word of God, and we thank You for this time in uh, Exodus to see Moses as he battles in his own mind with his inadequacy and yet your complete authority and power and assurance. May the assurance, may the Holy Spirit of God, as Paul says in Romans, I'm praying this Lord for my friends here tonight who are listening to me and not here and those who are here. May the Holy Spirit of God pour out the love of God in the hearts of all these, my dear brothers and sisters. And may you give us the power to be hopeful people in a hopeless world. And may we be ready to give an account to anyone who asks us about the hope that is in us. May we not be like Moses and say, I can't talk, no one will listen. May we not make excuses, but may we be faithful to do your word because we know you are always with us. And we thank you for it. And we pray, come Lord Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. Have a great week. 
Good to see all of you, and Lord willing, we'll see you Sunday. Say hello to somebody on your way out if you don't know them, and introduce yourself. God bless you. God bless you folks who are not with us here. Hope to see you Sunday.